Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 54. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Ben Jones. How are you doing, mate? Good morning. I'm doing very, very well. How about you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. Happy Valentine's to you, you know, for your love of basketball. Got to show you some love on this this, uh, Valentine's Day. Yes, kisses and hugs in return. Yeah, and I'm sure anyone uh, trying to escape their partners to watch basketball today might have a tricky task in doing so, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what the <laughs> listeners uh, manage to get away with. Um, plan for the episode is we're going to do our usual segments of winners and losers and best upcoming games. We had a close one this weekend, which we talking off air, and uh, Ben can't seem to get a luck to win any week at the moment. God damn it. Uh, and then in the middle, we're going to talk a little bit of all-star stuff. So we're going to go with our East and West starters. Uh, ben will do his, I'll do mine, we'll compare, see how similar they are. And then I think next week we're going to go through the reserves. Nice, yeah. Cool. Well, all right, why don't we kick it off on a positive note then and go with winners uh, and give us your first winner of the week, Ben. Um, my winners this week are pretty straightforward, I think, and pretty <laughs> boring, I'm not going to lie. So uh, my first winner of the week are, as ever... It seems at the moment the Utah Jazz. Nice, um, good choice. And, uh, absolutely humongous winning streak at the moment, which is seven. They're top of the Western Conference, which we know is a stupidly difficult conference to be anywhere near the top, let alone the top. Um, they're just playing such good team basketball. They are missing a couple of players at the moment, and they're hasn't seen to sort of bother them or, or stumble them. Mike Connolly's out with a hamstring injury. But um, they're just shooting so well from three at the moment and it's and sharing the ball superbly well. There's a clip going around. I don't know if you've seen it at the moment with some incredible ball movement, uh, a nice in-the-air bounce pass from Bogdanovich to Mitchell, and then he does this weird baseball throw across the other corner for Joe Ingles to sink a three. And... Um, and Rudy Gobert dunking all over Giannis. That's kind of their highlights from this week, I'd say. Um, yeah, their net rating for defence is first out of the 30 teams in defensive normal rating, 107.5, so second overall. They're just a defensive juggernaut at the moment and seem to be scoring at the same time. So they're a perfect combo at the moment. They're going to be tricky for any team to, to beat out at this point in time. Yeah, the three-point numbers for, I think it's nearly like all of their top eight players in, in the rotation, apart from Rudy Gobert, is like crazy. It's like career high. I think mean, it's like three or four people shooting over 40%. And as yeah. a team, I think they're shooting 41%. So I think that's just crazy, isn't it, in the modern-day NBA? I think they've won 17 out of 18 games <laughs> yeah. uh, in total. And I know they, I think they've, yeah, they're 9-1 in the last 10, won seven in a row, but they're, they're 17 out of 18. Uh, they've got a hard week of games coming up this week. This will be a, a big week for them. We're going to talk about that later. But, yeah, I just can't really can't really fault them. I think they've done better than we thought. We had them in the middle of the sort of Western Conference towards the bottom, maybe in like 6-7, but they've disproved us. Um, continuity might have helped in a, in a bit of a weird season. And they've just been very good. I've been impressed. Yeah, I mean, their last three games, Boston, Milwaukee and, and Miami aren't exactly no. walks in the park. And they've just sailed through so fair play to them yeah they're 12 and 2 at home as well and, and i think they haven't had a fan in any of those games so imagine when they get their fans back as a, an arena that's known for being quite loud i think that the jazz might go from strength to strength i think it could be a an interesting western conference playoff time when we come round to it if the jazz can carry on this 
this vein of form. Yeah. Um, well, they weren't on my list because I knew you had them. But the first two on my list was also an easy one for me. Uh, it's the Dallas Mavericks, a team that hasn't been featured enough on the pod due to a very average season and very up and down season. There, uh, four wins in a row at the moment. Uh, got themselves back up to ninth, just behind the Warriors. I think who lost last night, so it helps them kind of claim a game back on them. Uh, Luca and KP combined for eighty-two points in the win against the Pelicans, which was two nights ago, which is crazy. Uh, Luca scored 46, which is a career high. He scored another 39, which was a third, like this third highest scoring game of all time this week. Uh, I think they've won, yeah, they've won four in a row uh, and six of the last seven. Uh, and I've just been very impressed. I think Luca looks more like himself. Josh Richardson still maybe not quite the player they wanted on the offensive end, but seems to be helping defensively. Uh, and Big Timmy Hardaway Jr. also knocking down points off the bench. Uh, so yeah, I've been very impressed. Yeah, this is what you're looking for from your big two there, isn't it? That that kind of production night in, night out. Porzingis took seven threes in the first quarter, I think it was, which does seem ridiculous. I mean, when you're, they do need to be careful because when your seven-footer is out on the boundary shooting threes, there's nobody in there getting rebounds, um, which is what we've been saying. They might need an extra rebounder in there, but it doesn't quite work because we both think that Porzingis is better at the centre. They need like a rebounding power forward, don't they? just to yeah. do the dirty work. But they looked really, really good, especially against um, New Orleans the other night. They were just, everything was going in. There's still a bit of work to do defensively, but they are definitely finding some form at the moment. Yeah, I think KP had something like 25 points in that first quarter <laughs> that you were on about. He only ended with 36, which is a little bit typical of him, but uh, still playing very well. Uh, Luca as well, two triple-doubles this week before that, and He's kind of vaulted himself back into the MVP sort of conversation, I would say. Him and Steph Curry have had great weeks again this week. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe the MVP race might get a little bit more interesting as time goes on. We'll have to see. I think the, the Warriors and Mavs probably need to win more games, don't they, as a team, for those two players to, to kind of rise up the rankings a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right there. Even though Jokic is struggling. But yeah, good week for the Mavs. Um, they've also got a, uh, a bit of a tricky 10-day period now with some games, so we'll have to see. To how they've got on. Um, who is your next team for your winners of the week? Uh, another boring pick for me, but the Lakers also on a seven-game winning streak. Um, mm. Three back-to-back overtime wins, which could argue it was against OKC. They shouldn't really be going to overtime against them. Um, but it kind of shows how well they pull together as a team, especially in the clutch at the moment. Um, they're Last game against Memphis, they went down 20 points to two in the first quarter and still managed to win that 115 to 105. So if they can get off the mark earlier in games, they seem like they're just sort of going to be potentially unstoppable. A lot of those games as well have been played without Anthony Davis. He came back the other night um, against Memphis. So nice to see him back and then in the rotation. Um, They're just, again, just consistent sharing the ball well, everybody's contributing, um, the defence looks good, the offence is sort of ticking over, it's not anything to sort of be wowed by, but it's getting the wins and that's all that matters at the moment. So the Lakers making my winners of the week again this week. Yeah, I think both those two teams you mentioned, Jazz and Lakers, it's easy to say, oh yeah, one seven in a row, top of the West, but when you watch games, I think they are actually the two best teams in terms of consistency. Um, yes. I think you can watch a Nets game and a Clippers game, for me, and you can turn around and be like, wow, they're the best team in, in basketball. 
but then you can watch them the next night and you won't feel that way. Whereas the Lakers and Jazz, you are feeling that they are a top two, three, four team every single time you watch them. And that can obviously change, especially with the Jazz in years gone by. But for me, I think the Lakers and the Jazz both look like that. And the Lakers have got that consistency for the last two seasons, to be honest. They've been very dominant. I would worry about the overtimes just for a couple of my players' legs, but LeBron's superhuman, so we can say all we want about minutes and stuff, but it probably won't make any difference. <laughs> yeah, he had a, a really good interview after the Memphis game with uh, his friend Richard Jefferson on uh, on the mic, and um, they did have a bit of a laugh about uh, him playing all these overtime games and getting tired and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, very good. If you if you can find that somewhere, it's, it's a good little two minute listen. Yeah, I think Richard Jefferson t- retweeted it on Twitter, so. Uh, go over to his Twitter and have a look because yeah, it's, it's quite funny. Um, cool. Well, I'll go on to my next team. This is a similar kind of one to the Mavs, really. A team that's not quite at the top of the conference, but have had a really good week and, and look a lot better than they did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it is the Portland Trailblazers with three wins in a row, all coming this week, uh, all without CJ McCollum as well, which is something that a lot of fans online seem to forget when they think, oh, the Blazers are just the fifth seed. And I'm like, well, they're doing it without CJ as well, so. Think about if CJ comes back, they could easily vault up into the fourth, third conversation in the West. Um, in terms of players as well, I've got to shout out my boy Mello. Uh, he, I think he went, uh, took over two different people this week in the scoring title. Uh, he's probably about a season away now from being in the top 10 for top 10 scorers of all time. Uh, he's dropped to 28, a 24, and a, I think it's a 27 in his last five games. Uh, he also had a, an awful game against the Knicks, which was very disappointing to see in, in Madison Square Garden. But aside from that night, he's had a really good couple of weeks and adding that scoring that they kind of need with, with CJ out. So I've been impressed. Um, Dame's not having to do it all on his own as well, which helps in the defence has improved a little bit of Robert Covington. So the Blazers have impressed me uh, and they've really, really cemented themselves as like a middle seed in the West. That I don't think they're going to be involved in that 7-10 to 10 playing thing. I think they're going to be able to get in the playoffs their own merit at the moment and just kind of sit there and, and see who they get in the first round and try and knock someone out. And, but yeah, good week for the Blazers. It's nice to see that Gary Trent Jr. that we had in the playoffs as well because he kind of took the playoffs by storm when he started stepping it up and, and, and playing really, really well. And we, He's kind of been a bit quiet since, so really, really nice to see him. I know he had 26 points the other night and uh, <laughs> along with Cantor with the 21 and 13. Um, we all know Cantor's got his weaknesses, but offensively he does bring so much energy and will just sort of get stuck in at any point so he can't, is an asset to a team i think can't play cancer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he also got one of the worst bloody i think it was a nose or an eye socket but anyone watched the the replay gets elbowed by someone i don't know if it's Embiid or if it was the game after but he's walking away and there's blood just pouring down his face uh, and he was just chilling. He was like, yeah, wrap me up. Let's go in. I want to score some more tippings and foul some more people as they roll to the rim, as he does. As he uh, does. Yeah, that, was, that was quite funny how relaxed he was. But uh, one thing I want to mention as well, they beat the 76ers this week, a team that me and you have raved about. Uh, and it was a close game, only four points. But when you watched it, for me, the Blazers were by far the better team. So that was an interesting one. And that was the game where uh, Lillard and Carmelo combined for 54 points, I think. So... Uh, yeah, good week for them, and they, they've had a kind of hard-ish run of games as well, so their fans will be happy. Um, why don't we go on then to your last team? Is it another predictable team? No, I think this one is slightly out of the blue, especially for me, after the the stick I've given this franchise on a couple of episodes here and there. Um, but my final winner of the week is the Charlotte Hornets. Nice. Um, they've won three of their last four, 
one of those wins being against the Timberwolves. We had a nice battle of the two sort of uh, Rookie of the Year candidates going at each other. Um, Lamelo seemed to come out on top. They just have grown as a team together and it's starting to come through in, in certain games, especially winnable games. They're really getting to a point where they can close them out. Um, obviously, Lamelo's still got a long way to go before he is going to be an absolute superstar in the league. But he shows a lot of promise for a first-year player. Um, Terry Rozier stepping up, hitting shots where he needs. 41 points Rozier had yesterday. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know he he is a real he turned into such a scorer this season. I think we've said already uh, when we talked about Charlotte before. I, I kind of I, I really rated Terry Rozier when he was at Boston and thought this was a real chance for him to um, step into his own when he first joined Charlotte and he did absolutely nothing with it. But this season, adding Lamelo, I, I don't know. Maybe he feels a bit more competitive about his position and has to play more for it. And it, he has just turned into an absolute scoring machine. So. Um, yeah, giving the Charlotte Hornets a little bit of love this week. Plus, I'm always a big fan of a, a big fan of their unis and their colours. So, big shout yeah, outs. They're a good watch in terms of how they look as well, aren't they? So with the uniforms, um, I think they're sixth now. Is that right? Let me just double check. I know it's early still, but yeah, they're up to sixth in the the Eastern Conference as well, and it's quite funny because. I saw a stat yesterday was saying if you had the same record as the sixth team in the East, you'd be like 12th in the West, which is just the, the way that the West always is. But yeah. I think fair play to them. They're around there with teams like the Raptors and Pacers that we've praised at times of the season. And the Knicks got a lot of love just for being a lot better than what people think. Yet the Hornets have done obviously slightly better than them. So I think the Hornets get a little bit overlooked. Uh, yeah. Maybe Michael Jordan's not the worst owner of all time as he once was. But <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly convinced on that yet, but uh... <laughs> give it time. Give it time. The mellow in the playoffs will be fine. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, going to my last team then. Um, another kind of it's an Eastern Conference team as well as Ben, but uh, a little bit out there because they did lose last night. It's the Miami Heat, uh, and like I said, they did lose a game last night. They're three wins in total this week since we last recorded. They look a little bit more back to the old Heat with players back and the rotation kind of fixing itself. They are struggling. They do find ways to lose games, it seems. Um, they're not as consistent, but they are getting getting much more to where they were last season, slowly. Uh, they look much more back in the playoff race as well. I think they're up to ninth, I believe, is it now, in the, the Eastern Conference race? Yeah, and they were something like... Oh, yeah, they were nine games behind fourth uh, two weeks ago, and now they're five games behind fourth. So they've really caught up, even, on, even though the teams above them are still winning. They're really catching up and and playing a lot better basketball. So I think if they can kind of fix some of their issues in the fourth quarter, uh, and just how they seem to almost lose games just by drifting in and out of quarters at times, I think they can get back to how they were. And, and hopefully Jimmy can do that, and they can ride his coattails to get back to a top, probably six Eastern Conference team, you'd think? Yeah, they, they just missed that roster. Because that was the strength of the Heat, was the depth of their roster, the amount of players they can rotate in and out, and just everyone can go 100%, 100% of the time. And missing key players and not being able to use that strategy here has just really scuppered them early in the season. So hopefully a, a healthier roster and, and guys stepping up, like you said, especially in the fourth quarter, which is when they need it, then um, they'll climb back up those rankings this season. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about them being in some sort of playing battle if they couldn't turn it around quick enough just because they'd get themselves in a bit of a hole. But they are a lot closer now to the teams above them so I do expect them to be able to claw themselves up to that 
that sort of six, seven, six range and maybe have to avoid a play-in tournament because that's what they'd like. They wouldn't want to add extra games just before the playoffs, especially on Jimmy Butler's legs because we all know they rely on him so heavily. Um, but I'm pretty bullish about, about them. They're playing a lot better. Just a, a bad loss last night. I think it was to the Jazz as well. Um, team that beats everybody, like we've spoken about in the last, yeah. the, the last two pods. Um, cool. Well, why don't we move on to teams that do get beaten by everybody uh, and go through our losers of the week. I'll start us off just because I watched this game yesterday. Um, the Houston Rockets, they've lost five in a row, Ben, including the big ones, the Knicks. They looked absolutely terrible. Uh, and after James Harden first left, it did look like there was a little bit of positivity, but Wolves suffered with some injury problems defensively. They don't look good at all. Uh, and they've really kind of vaulted back down the Western Conference. I think they're second or third now, worst record in the Western Conference. So they are really struggling. Uh, and it is looking like the rebuild maybe that we thought it was six weeks ago. Yeah, they've really missed um, Christian Wood as well. He uh, he brings more to the team than I think we've realised. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He scores most of their points as well now in this new kind of Rockets era as well. So Yeah, and Oladipo missed the second game of a back-to-back as well. But yeah. I don't know if having him in the roster would have absolutely changed everything there for them. Um, it's difficult to see where they can go from here because it's not an awful roster on paper, but it's just not quite working, is it? So maybe rebuild mode might come sooner than we thought when they first got together and we're getting some wins under their belts. Yeah, I think they're going to have to trade some of these players whilst they still can to try and kind of accelerate the rebuild a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, cool, well, let's move on from Houston then. Go on to your first loser of the week. Uh, the team closest to my heart. Oh, no. As the loser this week. We've had them as some winners so far, but it's time the Cleveland Cavaliers came back down to earth. <laughs> uh, so they're on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. Uh, <laughs> How many games is a bit of a losing streak, just so we know? We're at um, <laughs> six. Oh, okay. Six on the most, bounce. Most in the NBA, I think. Yes. Portland, Denver, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. It's been some tough games for the Cavaliers here. And yeah. they've lost um, some players through injuries and bits and pieces. Larry Nance Jr. was playing incredibly well, but he's now out for the foreseeable future. Um, but there is light at the end of this losing tunnel, and that is nearly every single player is on the training block. So um, there could be some serious picks coming our way, some potentially young up-and-coming talent. I don't think the wins are going to improve, if I'm honest, but that's fine. Let's play for the draft this year. That's That's all I'm looking at. So... They're a loser in terms of they're on the biggest losing streak, but they're a winner in terms of they are racking up some positions as a higher percentage for the draft at the end of the season. Um, yeah, at the start of the season, they were in that thing where they were obviously a lot more impressive uh, than we thought. But as a Cavs fan, you were saying the whole time, like we probably really want to be bad this year and get up in that draft board. And now they've made your dreams come true and they're bad again. So exactly draft right. season is upon you. I think Garland and Sexton took everybody by surprise and Drummond as well, the way that they were all playing together. Um, yeah. And I just, I think maybe teams have maybe taken notice and have, have adapted to it for when they play the Cavs now. So um, it's not all just sort of shock and awe tactics. They they do actually have to 
um, play some real basketball when they're playing teams now. Yeah, and they they have struggled a little bit more defensively. They've given up a lot more points recently. But like you said, it doesn't really matter. They just need those picks. Uh, and I hope you manage to get some players traded out of there because Cavs and trade rumours have been linked for probably two seasons now and none of the players seem to ever get traded. So hopefully this is the season where you can pull off some uh, some major trades and the big penguin can go elsewhere. Big penguin filling in somebody else's centre roster spot because we've got eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got eight. Uh, cool, well, move on to my second loser of the week then. I've gone with um, the Hawks. Uh, and this is kind of, last night's results helped because they lost again last night. Uh, and, and just in general, for me, the whole week's been a bit of a nightmare. Uh, I watched the game that they played against the Mavs, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. But they weren't great defensively there. They were they were letting Lucas switch on to like Tony Snell time after time. And Lucas was like, all right, I was scoring the post against Tony Snell, like whatever. Um, <laughs> and they're giving up, I think. So here's their run of their last five games. They've given up. 125 to the Pacers, 125 to the Spurs, 118 to the Mavs, 121 to the Raptors, 112 to the Jazz, and 122 to the Mavs as well. So defence, like we all thought before the season, is proven to be an issue. Uh, obviously, the week hasn't helped. I know they've played the Pacers and the Mavs, two more difficult teams, but they'd be hoping to beat teams really like the Mavs and Spurs if they wanted to be a top Eastern Conference team. Um, yeah, and I've just not been impressed with them that much. I think Trey Young's still playing well, but not quite so lovely was last season. Uh, and if your defence is going to be that bad, then you're really, really going to struggle. You have to score a lot of points to win games. Um, just as an extra note, DeAndre Hunter has missed, I think, the last couple of games. And his defensive numbers are really, really good. So they did miss him against the Mavs. But I think overall, still, team-wise, it's not quite fitting well. And on the defensive end, they are really, really bad. So the Hawks are my second loser of the week. And they're down in 10th at the moment in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, as we, if you go back to our pre-season uh, Rankings, I was real high on the Hawks. Um, I knew they wouldn't have any defence, but I just thought they had so many offensive weapons that they'd be able to sort of carry themselves through. They've had a lot of injuries, and it's not quite gelled the way people thought it was going to, I'd say. Um, with all the talent that they've got, they, they need to find some way of getting themselves out of this hole, and it's not Trey Young shooting their way out, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I don't know. I think they got almost two. We said this before. They've almost got too many players, and they need to like package maybe one, two, or three of them just for an, one more player that fits. If that makes sense. So you're losing three players that could potentially play minutes, replacing them with one. But you're upgrading as a as, as a team, and maybe on the defensive end, especially. Uh, I think especially whilst they're in this win now mode, where they've like, spent all this money and, and Trey Young's rookie contract isn't up yet. I think they need to. To try and make some moves to take advantage of this, especially this season with the East being so weak in the middle. Um, but yeah, not a good week. Uh, cool, let's go on to your, your next loser of the week then. Uh, another sort of predictable one for losers. We've talked about them a lot, especially in this column, which is a shame. But the Timberwolves still can't buy a win. Um, well, they're on a four-game losing streak. Like I said already, they lost to Charlotte. Um, they give up even more points than the Hawks as well <laughs> yeah they lost to the Clippers which is obviously a really really tough game and they lost to Dallas but um, I know Cat's been out he's been off with Covid apparently it was really really bad for about three days and he's come out and because uh, was it his mother or his grandmother that died from it his and mother he, yeah yeah he's come out and, and been offering loads of support and just says look I've got the resources to deal with this but 
for those who don't, it must be absolutely horrific. Um, so, you know, he's playing himself back into shape. It's really, really good to see him back out there. And they're still missing D'Angelo Russell. And on paper, it looks like their offense is kind of still ticking over and looking after itself. But their offensive rating is they're only scoring about 106 points. So it's 27th out of the 30 teams. Um, yeah, the coach is awful. They don't run any offensive sets at all. Um, it's just all ISO stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Ricky Rubio struggles to help out. It's almost pointless having a good point guard in this team at the moment. Yeah, because he can't do what he does best, and that is pass the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Beasley has been playing out of, his, out of this world, which is great to see somebody else coming up through. Um, Anthony Edwards has been playing well, especially for a rookie. Um, and in fairness, the other night, was it last night or the night before, Cat coming back, he actually played really well. But yeah, if if the defense isn't there, which we all knew it wasn't going to be, and your offense still isn't good enough to carry you through, you've literally got nothing, and something needs to change in this franchise. I, I don't know if any changes now will even be enough to get them through to a more positive end of the season. So maybe they should be looking ahead to next season already, which seems a real shame because yeah. they had so much potential this season. I just I really hope they can do something about it. Yeah, I'm pretty confident now they're going to have the worst record in the West. Uh, the Wizards are not doing any favours <laughs> in the East, but I think the West, will, yeah, they'll get the worst record in the West. And well, like we said before, the Warriors can get that pick, I think, if it's uh, above pick number four or five. Or some, I can't remember, I have to double-check that. But I know that if it's one, two or three, they can keep the pick. So they'll be desperately trying to almost keep losing and making sure that they, they win the lottery. Because you can still get the second-worst record in the league and fall to pick number six with the, with the new lottery odds. But they'll be hoping they win the lottery and get a pick one, two or three just to keep it. Because I think that they're almost focusing now purely on that draft. And I wonder if that's why they're keeping the coach. Because they don't want a new coach to come in get them to like 24 wins and make them with the 13th record in the West. And then they kind of have to give their pick to the Warriors. I, I do wonder if they've got to the point where they're like, this is so bad. We have to keep losing or else we could end up giving our pick to the Warriors. So it wouldn't surprise me if they waited till maybe the, the, the latter end of the season before they fired the coach. But I think that's the move they need to make, but maybe yes. they don't want to make it until they've lost enough games, which makes sense. But as a, I'm not obviously a Wolves fan, but if you're a Wolves fan, that's hard to watch because you almost know they're just trying to lose. But Unfortunately, that is NBA basketball a little bit. It's the worst sport in the world for tanking and the best sport in the world for entertainment. So it's just tough, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, it must be really hard for being a Wolves fan at the moment, watching night in, night out, and seeing it not pull together, just slow kind of ISO ball, and then other teams running up the opposite end and scoring straight off it. Yes, it's a difficult watch for Timberwolves fans at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, cool. Go on to my last loser of the week then. This is a little bit a little bit out there as a loser because they're still one of the best teams in the NBA, but there wasn't many losers this week. We've had a lot of teams winning a game, losing a game, and having a bit of a middling record. Uh, and I sent Ben a screenshot as well, and like most teams in the West are on huge winning streaks as well, so it was hard to uh, to find a loser. So I went with the Bucks, uh, second in the conference still, which is really good. They've lost their last two games, uh, and I actually watched, uh, the, not the last game, the game before, I watched against the Suns, due to our uh, prediction league that me and Ben have got going. Uh, and the Suns, even though it's only a one-point win, for me, they look much more the accomplished team in terms of off- offence. Uh, the Bucks were relying a lot on like tip-backs, offensive rebounds, fouls, 
which is fine, but the Suns looked a lot more accomplished in how they're running sets. So I was quite impressed with the Suns and, and not impressed with the Bucks as much. Um, yeah, and I just think, I'm not quite sure it was hard to say it's hard to pick a loser, but they lost the Suns and Jazz. Two games that, yes, are very difficult, but if you want to win the East, then then you need to be winning those games. And I just think for me that unless they can kind of find another gear on the offensive end, then they might end up being a second or third seed in the East. And I think they're desperate to, to win the one seed. So the Bucks were a kind of reluctant loser on my list. Yeah. I, and I, the, the team I picked for my final loser of the week is along the same sort of veins as yours. I did think about talking about OKC, but yeah. it's, you know, we all know where they're at. They've they've traded away absolutely everything and just got back players to fill gaps and are just they don't really care if they lose games really in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. So along the same lines as you with the with Milwaukee Bucks, I, I've gone for the Philadelphia 76ers, who have lost their last two games, one to Phoenix and one to Portland, and yeah. same sort of comment really. Um, they are fairly secure at the top of this Eastern Conference, but there's certain games they need to be kind of stepping up and winning and, and everybody needs to keep be contributing, it, especially in crunch time. Um, yeah, the fourth quarter, there, there was four points in that Portland game and nine points in the Phoenix game. So both very, very winnable. And those are the kind of teams you need to find a way to sort of put to bed in that fourth quarter. Um Embiid again just has been playing really, really well. Uh, Simmons looks good defensively, but I think he needs to find where else he's kind of keep going to keep contributing to this roster at the moment. Um, but I, I'm sure they'll get back onto a, a small winning streak at the moment. It's just this week for the those two teams at the top of the Eastern Conference to lose two games in one week uh, doesn't bode overly well. No, they're both six and four in their last ten, and they're the best two teams in the East. And if you look at the best two teams in the West, they're nine and one and eight and two. So there is a little bit of uh, I know there's always a gap, but when you watch the games and the fact that the Western Conference play each other more often, it does look like the East at the top is a little bit weaker than maybe we thought. Uh, yeah. And I would just be worried if I was a '76 or a Bucks fan that a team like the Nets now, if they can get a run where Kyrie, KD, and Harden actually play, which hasn't happened yet due to Kyrie. Um, missing a couple of back-to-backs and then KD having two COVID protocol sort of things. Uh, I just think that they could be looking over their shoulder at the Nets and, and you just want to win. You just want to be as high as you can and get a good seed. The Bucks know how advantageous that can be and they missed out on home court last year due to uh, the bubble. So I think that 76ers and Bucks will both be wanting to finish top of the East and the Nets are kind of clawing games back on them every week at the moment. So I just think they need to both teams need to go on a run, but if you're a Bucks or 76ers fan, you're still way more happy than most teams in the NBA right now. Yeah, it's just a, it was a hard week to find a loser. Yeah, yeah, t- tough, tough week, definitely. Everybody's getting some wins and, and and losses, and I guess that's what's making this season so entertaining. Week yeah. in, week out, you cannot predict who's gonna be going on a winning streak, who's going on a losing streak, who's gonna drop forty plus points like it. It is really unpredictable at the moment, and that's making it so good. Yeah, and these losers are coming from a Cavs fan and someone who's flown to New York to watch Carmelo lose multiple times in his career <laughs> for no apparent reason. So, yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't worry about us too much there. Um, cool, well, let's move on from winners and losers then and go on to a little bit of all-star chat. Um, where would you like to start, Ben? Would you like to start with the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? Uh, shall we go... 
Eastern Conference first. Cool. So the plan for this is we've stuck to the, the kind of NBA-related rules, uh, which is two two guards and three front court players. So not necessarily bigs, but front court. Uh, and we both picked an East team, both is the West team, and we're going to go through it. We'll probably go through it one by one rather than uh, five by five. So let's go with your first guard then in the Eastern Conference. Nice. Okay. Uh, my first guard in the Eastern Conference, although they are the worst team in the league, <laughs> it's got to be Bradley Beal. He has been playing outrageously well. I know he's missed two games recently, but... He's leading the league in scoring at the moment. He's passing the ball well. He's rebounding. He's just doing everything his team needs him to do. It's just nobody else on his team is doing anything at all. Um, and he was snubbed last year. So he is, I think, massively deserved a start spot for this season. So, uh, yeah, Bradley Beal is my first Eastern Conference guard. Cool. Uh, that is the same as me. Um, similar reasons. I think last year's snub will make a difference with the sort of media kind of perspective on, on him. Uh, and I've heard a lot of podcasts saying, oh, I'm not sure we can have a starter for, for the worst team in the league. But we've had times when Carmelo Anthony was playing for the Knicks and he was a starter at small forward for like seven years in a row because he's just amazing. <laughs> he was amazing. He's well-liked by fans. He's, he's got a lot of fans that like to vote for him. And Bradley Bill's just the same. So... I don't think we should just automatically say that, oh, you can't start in the All-Star game if your team's struggling because they don't even play defence sometimes in the All-Star game. So it's not this huge, like, it's a fun spectacle for us as fans, but it's not this huge, crazy honour just based on the fact that your team's losing games. And I agree with you. I think Beal's the, the top scorer in the league still on average. Yeah. Um, a couple of 60-point games this season. And for me, looks like probably the best guard in the East. If you actually said, oh, who's the best guard in the East right now? You'd be like, ah. Oh. James Harden's up there, but probably hasn't played enough games. And Bradley Beal's probably probably the second name on most people's lips as the, the actual best guard in the league uh, for the East. Yeah. So I agree with you. I uh, put him on my list. Um, who's he's your point eight points? Just before we move on, yeah, he's number one. He's averaging thirty-two point eight. That's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, even though it's a bad team, that's a lot of points. Um, cool. Who's your second starting guard for the Eastern Conference team? So this is a slight curveball, I reckon, and I don't know how many people will have him as their starting guard for the for the East. But Jalen Brown, yeah, Jalen Brown. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And I, I haven't seen your list either. He's played incredibly well this season, and at times, well, and I'd say majority of the time this season, I think he's played better than Jason Tatum. In, in a lot of games and Tatum's had a lot of time off and Brown has kind of kept this Celtics team together with a lot of players in and out of the lineup. Um, he's come on leaps and le- leaps and bounds. Like he played well last season and almost made the All-Star game. They were sort of which one should. But this season, I think Jalen Brown definitely deserves um, a starting spot. So yeah, cool. Jalen Brown. Nice. Well, <clears throat> he was the other one I was choosing from for my second spot. I was toying between two names. Um, and he's also yeah, so he's top four in the voting as well for guards at the moment, Jalen Brown. So a lot of the fans seem to agree with you. I ended up going with Kyrie Irving um, a little bit because we know what the All Star Game is, and he is going to get extra votes due to being called Kyrie Irving. Uh, and when he's played, he's not played as many games as Jalen Brown, for example. So his consistency wise is not there. But when he plays games, especially at the start of the season, he was on fire, um, scoring a lot of points. 
uh, averaging a lot of assists as well, uh, some big fourth quarter games, and I just think that the name recognition probably means something. Uh, yeah. So I've gone with Kyrie Irving, even though I could see Jalen Brown uh, being named the starter because the coaches do vote, and I think most coaches will be voting for for Brown over Kyrie. But I just think that Kyrie might get the nod based on on name recognition. So I, I mean, went with Kyrie Irving. I I would prefer to see Kyrie Irving in an All Star game than Jalen Brown, a hundred percent. I think he'll be so much more entertaining. But as you said, Jalen Brown is fourth in the voting. And I think the only reason Kyrie and James Harden are above him in the voting is because of their names and what they've done in the past. Whereas this season, the consistency and the level at which Jalen Brown has played at, I think for me, puts him above those two big names. The playing has been better than the big names for me personally. But... Hey. Yeah, I'd agree. I just think that if I had to put money on it, I think Kyrie might get the nod. It'd be difficult as well. We could, if you have a Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown backcourt, that'd be quite interesting. I think well, neither of them were all stars last year, and they're both yeah. then starting in the All Star game. That'd be so good to see. <laughs> yeah, that'd be crazy. Uh, cool. Well, let's go on to our front court then. We're, these aren't really positions, so why don't we start with? We'll just start with who you think's most likely um, for each front court position. So, who is your first front court player for the, for the Eastern Conference team? Uh, Embiid straight in first name on this Eastern Conference list um, we said last week he potentially MVP at this point in time he's playing super well and as we've said with Kyrie like we want to see him John Embiid is an entertainer he's got a real personality and it's been good that he's managed to sort of keep a lid on that this season and just concentrate on playing but the All-Star game is somewhere where he can let loose and, and just be himself and uh, bring out that funny side and uh, maybe text Rihanna again or, or whatever it was. That he, <laughs> she said, message me when you're an all-star. Um, so, yeah, Joel Embiid, first name on the list for me. Nice. Well, if we're keeping in kind of lieu of who we think is most likely, um, I'll go with KD first. Uh, he's leading the Eastern Conference in voting at the moment. I think he's a, a shoe in I think the two players you just mentioned might be in a bit of a competition, actually, just to, to be named the All-Star captain. Uh, if they're going to do the same voting kind of thing they did before, obviously both teams have to have a captain. So I think KD and, and Embiid might be up there for that. But yeah, KD's had a great season. You can just see that. I know he's played less games, but when he's played, he's just been absolutely insane. And every time he plays, they almost seem to win. They only go on these couple of losing streaks for the games where KD's not playing, it seems to be. Uh, and he's just back to how he was. And for me, best offensive player in the league. Uh, and I just think it'd be nice to see him back on the court in an all-star game. So, yeah, I went with um, KD as my first front court starter. Uh, who's your second front court starter? So, I think we're going to match up here pretty much. So, Durant was the next name on my list. Yeah. Uh, same sort of reasons. He is an offensive nightmare if you're trying to defend him and it'd be really nice to see him at full health back on that all-star court so I'll go straight to my third one which I reckon we'll probably match up on and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo the Greek freak um, it could be because uh, they draft like you said with the captains if, if Durant is captain this season it could be uh, depending on who's captain of the other side it What's that? The fourth different captain, uh, third different captain in four years, because I think it was uh, Steph's done one, Giannis has done two, and then if Durant gets the top votes, it could be him this time. So that'll be interesting to see his drafting strategy. 
draft Kyrie and James Harden, probably. <laughs> I'd imagine so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, I've got Giannis and Embiid as well. Embiid was my next one, then Giannis is going to be my fifth one in terms of who I think deserves it the most. Um, and two great players, uh, absolutely huge as well. So there's going to be some size in this all-star game with those yeah. three, three players being the front court players. Uh, I know they won't actually play together if they do the same format because they'll just be they'll be drafted wherever they want. But I, who, who are your thoughts then? Do you think KD will get the the nod as the Eastern Conference captain, or you think that in terms of the other voting for coaches and players that everybody knows Embiid is up there for MVP? So you think Embiid might get it, or you do think KD will will hold on to that? Um, KD's definitely going to win the fan vote. It's just yeah. how much can he pull ahead that gives him that cushion when the the players and the coaches come in and vote. Yeah. Um, he'll still get some votes from both players and coaches, but for me this season, Embiid deserves it more than Giannis or Durant. Just, I just feel like he's really stepped up this season and he's, he's gone up a gear and he's playing consistently. He's, he's just kept his head down and played extremely well. And it shows in his team performance. You know, the, the 76 is at top of the East. Uh, the, the the other two guys we're talking about here that might be captain over him are the the two teams trailing him. So mm-hmm. that's got to speak volumes in some sort of way. I'm pretty confident Giannis won't be captain. I think it the other two. Um, yeah, I think Embiid is probably the, the the most fun captain as well, isn't he? In terms of what he'll bring to the the draft, oh, they do it. God knows what you'll say on that live draft. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. He won't be drafting James Harden or something like that. I think you're right actively trying to avoid players like that and just yeah. them, almost like Giannis did last year and turn into a bit of a beef um, that'd be quite funny man if he has to pick Andre Drummond <laughs> Drummond gets <laughs> snuck in via an injury or something and he's got Andre Drummond at his team they hate each other that'd be quite funny be um, cool let's move on to the West then um, which probably I think arguably is harder so in terms of the voting the East is pretty much as we've done it um, but the West there are there are a few more tricky decisions so Let's go again with guards then, Ben. Tell me your first starting guard on the, the Western All-Star team. So this is what I messaged you. In this category, I'd rather have three guards and two forwards. Um, and I'll tell you that lineup at the end. But That's um, not the rules, though. <laughs> it's not the rules. So I've stuck to the rules, like a good boy. And my first Western Conference guard is Steph Curry. He's so entertaining and he's playing extremely well. He's on the sort of that fringe of MVP talk again and he's he's willing Golden State to some wins and he's just looking like his old self and it's really, really good to see. He's on a weird streak of, was it four three-pointers? He's like five games in a row with four at least four three-pointers or something ridiculous. Yeah, and he's got 17 games now with 10 three-pointers as well to lead the NBA history. <laughs> Yeah, I think he, he like leads every category in terms of three pointers per game, like the most games with one, the most games with two, the most games with three. Like he's just an absolute marksman. So yeah, Steph Curry, first guard on the sheet. Yeah, I want Steph Curry to be captain, if I'm honest. because uh, I want him to pick Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant's not a captain, I think that'd be so fun if they I think they'll be on the same all star team again after the, the Warriors break up. I think that one of them will pick the other. Um but as you can hear, yeah, that's the same for me. Steph Curry is the most deserving. He leads as well in terms of voting at the moment uh, for guards, by quite considerably, actually. He's got four million votes, which is only comparable to Durant and LeBron. So uh, Curry is well-loved across the league. And it'll be so fun to see him and Kevin Durant back on a court 
uh, after last year's injuries. I think the league missed them both. And I think Curry being back in this game as well is only going to excite fans more. So, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be having the game. That's a different matter. But if we do play the game, Curry's probably going to light it up. So he was the, the first choice for me as well. Nice. Yeah, good good pick. Who's your second then? Because I think we're going to disagree. <laughs> I think we probably will. And I think looking at the votes that have come in, it's embarrassing that this player has the amount of votes that he has. Um, and that is Donovan Mitchell. Oh, God. This is, he is not going to be a starter. <laughs> the Utah Jazz, top of the Western Conference. Donovan Mitchell is playing absolutely incredible. He's athletic. He can shoot. He brings everything to the table. And he deserves a lot more credit than he's being given at the moment. There's no, like, you've got to take everything into account here. And I think they probably will when it gets to, uh, like you said, players and coaches. I still, looking at it, he probably isn't going to be a starting guard. But I think he deserves it this season above any. His teams are is leaps and bounds ahead of the other two guards ahead of him at the moment. And I would back the Utah Jazz to, to beat both of those teams as well at this point in time. So I think Donovan Mitchell deserves some love at this point in time. Well, thankfully, it's not a team award for your star game or else we wouldn't have Bradley Beal as a, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> as a starter. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm just not going to go with Donovan Mitchell. The issue with the Jazz is, every time we talk about the Jazz, we talk about, oh, all six players are playing well. Everybody's shooting well. Everybody's rebounding well. Everyone's passing. Uh, I think Gobert's probably more deserving if you had to pick one of them. That's how good Gobert's been for me. Um, so, no, I was toying between who I thought you were going to pick, which was Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Uh, I've, of course, gone with Luka Doncic because he is way better than most players in the NBA. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's ahead in the fan votes, which just surprises me a little bit, being from Europe. Um, but he is second in the fan voting at the moment for guards. The Mavs are now starting to win some games. So I think by the time the actual final selections are in for the coaches and stuff, I think the Mavs will be a lot closer to the record of the uh, Blazers and the Warriors. Maybe if they're one or two games behind, and then you can't really use it and say, oh, but the Mavs are... I don't know, six games under 500, we can't have Luke starting. But I think if he gets them up to above 500 by the time this comes in, he'll be a shoe in to start. Um, and he is the perfect, perfect player for the All-Star game because he's just going to pass to everyone. <laughs> uh, I think Steph Curry and him, if they end up on the same team, could be quite fun. But yeah, I've gone with Luka Doncic. I think a lot of people will say Lillard. Uh, but I think when it comes to the coaches and stuff voting, they'll realise that Lillard can outscore Doncic maybe. But every other asset of the game, Doncic is better, even defensively, which is a weird thing to say. But uh, I think the coaches will probably love Doncic. So I think he'll win the coach vote. And he's already slightly ahead in the fan vote. So I'll go with Doncic as my second starter, even though he's big enough to be a front court player, which is maybe Ben's uh, gripe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Doncic will get the starting spot. I genuinely think that's what's going to happen. But I would say Mitchell deserves it. Don't you think Lillard might get it over Doncic? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think you said like you're, you're right. I think Doncic brings too much to the table all round compared to Lillard. Um, but just as a quick reference, in the, especially in this list, it just shows you how stupid fans can be in terms of the voting. Right, eighth in the Western Conference guards, Clay Thompson. How how are you voting for someone who's not going to play this season? That is like showing him some love, Ben. I love him. I think he's great, but it's so pointless. You're wasting your vote. And then 10th, Alex Caruso. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's quite funny. What is happening? There's there's <laughs> guards out there in the West that are more deserving of a vote than Clay Thompson, who hasn't played a minute, and Alex Caruso, who he loves like he's great for a meme, but he's not an all star. <laughs> Yeah, he's not an all-star. He's not an NBA player, in my opinion. Hot take. Um, cool, Donovan Mitchell. I like that. It's good that we have a, a little bit of a difference. Uh, let's move on to front court then, where we do not, we do not have uh, a difference. <laughs> uh, so, for this player, I imagine. So, first of all, off Ben, who is your first player? Even though I don't need to ask. <laughs> yeah, LBJ straight in. He's Same. just so good, isn't he? He's just so <laughs> consistent doesn't show any signs of flowing down. I don't know if you saw that dunk he did the other night. Oh, my God. There's a there's a highlight reel of him doing the same dunk from, like, younger, and it looks like he's got more athletic somehow. It's so weird. Um, he's just been showing up when he needs to show up, hitting timely baskets. His three-point percentage is insane this season. He's just playing so, so well and deserves that captaincy once again in the Western Conference. All those people saying he couldn't do it in the West. And there he is. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a fan vote, though. I'm not saying... I would probably think Jokic would deserve captaincy for me for this season. Uh, just because of the banner. I don't see Embiid versus Jokic, two bigs that are quite random and hilarious in interviews. <laughs> that would be so uh, I, funny. Two European bigs as a captain. I would love to see it, but it wouldn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, LeBron was first on my name as well. Uh, he's winning the votes uh, at the moment uh, in total as well uh, in terms of the whole league, but he's way ahead in, in the Western Conference. I know Steph Curry's right behind him, but almost after the first two first two rounds of voting, if you're winning, even if it's by 300,000, you're still going to hold on to that. There's no way Steph Curry's going to catch him up. So no. uh, LeBron will be captain again, and we'll see what, what selection tactics he has. Uh, I'll go on to my second player then, just because LeBron was the, the obvious winner there. Uh, I went with Mr. Kawhi Leonard uh, as my next selection. I think that the Clippers are really good. Uh, he's the main reason for that. I think that he's well-liked by fans, obviously by the fan vote. I think he's third at the moment in fan voting. Yeah. Uh, his issue will be that Paul George is fifth in fan voting. So they're almost taking votes away from each other. And they basically also play the same position. So there's a little bit of kind of taken away from each other there, but... Kawhi's got that name recognition that I mentioned with Kyrie. Uh, he's played a lot more games this season as well. He's sat a lot less games than, than than previous years, which he's gone in the team. So for me, I think Kawhi Leonard will be my next one alongside LeBron James. Yeah, I had Kawhi on my list as well, but I had him as my third name for the, for the forwards. And I had Jokic in there as my second name on the list. I will fact check myself just there. I know I said two European bigs. and I know Joel Embiid is not a European just say non-american big you meant non-american <laughs> is what i was meant to say yeah uh, i agree with you Jokic has played incredibly well this season he's been triple doubling all over the shop he's been scoring well which in the past i think has been his letdown he hasn't been able to assist rebound and score but he's been doing that really really well this season um, and it is potentially the sort of the rest of his roster letting him down occasionally um and you're completely right. Kawhi is the heart and soul of that Clippers team at the moment. Um, although Paul George is mainly is probably the like the vocal leader um, and the leader on the court, I think Kawhi is the best player on that team and definitely deserves his name on this list. Cool. Yeah, completely agree again there with Jokic. 
Uh, we've our front courts. We've we've uh, matched on three for three on both, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, Jokic deserves it for me. I think it'd be quite fun as well. I know people don't think about this way, but Embiid will, will start for the East as well. So you've got one true big as well. And they're almost the two centres that everyone says, who's better, Jokic or Embiid? Well, maybe we'll find out in a, in a crazy All-Star game. We'll have to see. See if uh, Jokic can actually lock up on some defence for once. Uh, I think he's perfect for the All-Star game as well because he'll play no defence for like at least 45 minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think the front courts kind of play themselves there. Uh, in terms of fan vote, and you've got Paul George, like I said, and Anthony Davis just behind. Uh, Anthony Davis, for me, we spoke about it before, not being quite up there. It wouldn't shock me if he got a start over Kawhi and you had two bigs playing. Um, it wouldn't shock me just because the Lakers have been that good. But I think uh, Davis has missed a lot of games, hasn't he, this season compared to Kawhi. And for me, offensively, he's not quite looked as good. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me. Uh, also, shout out to my boy Mello at 10th in voting. I may or may have not had something to do with that. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it, what, here's the like the positive side of fan voting, though. Christian Wood in at 8th. Like, definitely deserves some love this season. And Wiggins at 7, actually. Wiggins at 7. It's great, yeah. Yeah, I do like that. And if you go across back to the East as well, he's a bit further down than maybe he liked. But Sabonis is in, the, in there with fan voting. And Julius Randle. Like, I know... You say Julius Randle, you don't think he's an all-star by name, and he would, probably won't be an all-star, but he's up there in the top 10 for the front court for the Eastern Conference uh, because he's played well for his team, and his team are sort of in the middle of the East, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to, you can't just say, oh, he's not an all-star player because he's not in the top 40 players in the league, but he's playing well this year, so he's on that voting list as well, so that's quite good. And on, uh, on no, Colin Sexton, seventh in guards. Like he has played very, very well for the Cavs, although they're on a horrendous losing streak. He has played so, so well this season, and the reason they've got half the wins that they've got. So there are yeah, problems these fans voting. I'm a little bit disappointed with CJ McCollum being so far down there. He's never been an all-star, and the injury hasn't helped. But Devin Booker's had a bit of a down season for him. Obviously, we spoke about Clay Thompson before. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen CJ being nearer to the top six than maybe he is. But Ja Morant getting in the top five, he'll be up there um, for, yeah. for, for a place. We'll have to see. I think next week we're going to go through, I think, what do we say, 10 reserves as well, Ben? For, I think for each so. Conference? We'll check it. But yeah, well, at the moment we're looking at 10 reserves. Yeah, we're going to go 10, 10 reserves. We're going to try and do it real quick fire. Uh, go one for one and see how many differences we have. Um and see what the teams look like. And then I know eventually there'll be a vote and then we'll see what the real teams are. But maybe me and Ben, we can do a little all-star draft once the teams are confirmed to, to see get our own sort of all-star teams if we were the captain. Yeah, what we could do for this week is we'll put our um, our East versus East and our West versus West rosters up and do a little poll, see which one comes out on top. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell uh, shooting his way to history for the, for the West there. <laughs> well, on the spider. <laughs> cool uh, well why don't we go on then to our final segment and then just review the best upcom- upcoming games for the week uh, in terms of last week for our, our pick and results Ben uh, I won one game uh, where the Suns beat the Bucks by a single point uh, and then last night the Nets trounced the Warriors like you expected so we tied on that game the rest of the games uh, sorry you won that game the rest of the games of the week we tied on we, we had the same ones anyway so the results didn't really matter so in terms of week numbers, uh, we both got a point this week. So the total is 4-3 to me at the moment. So you're only one one back. You need a good week. So why don't you kick us off with your, your best upcoming game for, for the week? Okay. Uh, on Monday, it doesn't sound spectacular, but it could have some sparks flying. 
and that is Houston versus the Wizards. A team oh, definitely like wins, and a, you know, uh, Westbrook's going to have a point to prove, as always, and so is John Wall. So um, they've played once already this season, and I think Houston took the win. So Wizards are definitely going to want some revenge here. Um, and it's a really tough one to call. Both are on bad runs as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like yeah. the Wizards are going to step up in this game. Big. And take the dub. Nice. Uh, for the sake of competition, because I think it, I have no idea, to be honest, it's gonna, it could be a terrible game. I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the Rockets, and I'm going to go with John Wall to go absolutely nuts. Uh, I think it's, it's in Washington as well, I believe. Yes. Uh, so I think that uh, John Wall will get his little tribute video, and then he'll go nuts on them. Because I don't know why. I just think that's going to happen. So I'll go with the, the Rockets, and you go with the Wizards. Um, cool. Well, my first game is a game that is on this evening, Valentine's, for any of you people that want to stay up late and ignore your partner. Uh, we have the Blazers versus the Mavs. Uh, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, the, 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 the Doncic versus Lillard sort of discussion, the Mavs trying to climb the rankings. Two teams that score a lot of points, but maybe don't stop the other team from scoring a load of points. I think it's going to be a, a fun game. Uh, and I'm not going to let my bias stop me now. I never do. So I'm going to pick the Mavs to beat the Blazers. Um, I am with you on this. I think Paul Zingas is too much for the Blazers to sort of contend with. And the Mavs take this one. Yeah, Cantor versus... Uh... Cantor versus Porzingis could be fun, even though Porzingis hasn't had the greatest season. This week he's looked a lot better, so that'd be a fun one. Um, cool. What's your second game? Um, you go. Go on. You you pick the next game. Go on. Go on. Cool. Um, I went with one of the most obvious games and a team that we spoke about more in the last two podcasts, but we haven't spoke about in loads for months. Uh, I've gone with the Utah Jazz again. So I've gone Jazz versus Clippers Wednesday night, 3 a.m. So probably not a game that many of us are going to stay up for in the UK, but probably going to be the first thing we watch on uh, Thursday morning. In terms of who's going to win, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think the Jazz have been better this season, but I like the Clippers' firepower, so I'm going to go with the Kawhi Leonard to, to lead the Clippers to a win. Nice, yeah. I was toying with putting that game on my list as well. Um, it's a marquee matchup, isn't it, at the top of the Western Conference. Um <laughs> And Gobert is too big. Keep the jazz rolling. <laughs> Gobert is too big. There we go. Too big. Can't stop catching COVID. Um, what's your next game on your list? Um, I've gone with um, Tuesday game. Um, battle of last year's rookies. Going to have Pelicans versus Memphis. Um, both teams having a bit of an up and down season. Both rookies having up and down games. So uh, it'd be nice to see which one comes out on top in this one. Um, uh, ultimately, I think the Pelicans will win this game. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I'm much more of a fan of Zion than Ben is. Something that doesn't get mentioned enough on this podcast is that we have to do a Ben hate corner because he hates Zion and he hates Draymond Green. I think he's got something against chubby men. Uh, so I'm a bit worried about it. We're going to address it on a later podcast. Um, but Being I'll a chubby with... man myself. <laughs> I'm going to go with... You're also not as good as rebounding as them too, unfortunately, mate. Uh, <laughs> I try. I'm going I'm to go with the Pelicans as well. I think Zion's going to be too good. Even though Memphis looking like more of an accomplished team at the moment, uh, overall with probably less talent on the roster, I think Zion's too good. 
Uh, I think he's going to be an all-star, and I think he's going to win this game. So I'm going to go with the Pelicans as well. Um, cool. Well, I'll go with my last game. This is a game I've definitely stolen off Ben, because I get to go first. Uh, it's Nets versus Lakers. It's KD versus LeBron. I'm going to pick the best player, obviously, to win the game. So I'm going to pick the Nets and KD to, to come out on top. Wrong. Okay. Um... I know that we're going to have a disagreement, which is what I like. <laughs> yeah, go on. I'll go with the Lakers then. Let's just make it interesting. It's a tough one to call. If the Clippers' firepower is all on the thong, then it's difficult to see any team beating them. But um, the way the Lakers have been playing, they seem to find ways around teams at the moment. So why not give the Lakers some love here? <laughs> It's not like you don't give them enough. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, Ben meant the Nets then, not the Clippers, when he was talking about the firepower. Just so you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Ben realizes that KD is also superior to to Kawhi Leonard. Um, cool. Let's go with uh, your last game then for the week. Um, replay of the finals: Lakers Heat on Saturday. Oh, nice. Um, the, as we said, the the Heat are finding a bit form. They're getting players back. This will be a game that they really, really want to win, um, just to sort of show they, you know, the, the form that they had at the end of last season. Um, Lakers will be coming off the back of this Nets game, so they could be maybe undermanned. Maybe they've got a couple of players resting. Um, tough one again to call, uh, but. Who are you going to go with LeBron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Lakers too. I don't think they're going to lose two games in a row. And I've got the Nets to beat them. So I'm going to go with go with the Lakers as well. Um, which means this week we have three differences. So we will have a guaranteed winner of the week. Uh, I've gone with the Rockets to beat the Wizards. You've gone with the Wizards. Uh, I've gone with the Clippers to beat the Jazz. You've gone with the Jazz. And lastly, I went with KD and the Nets. And you've gone with LeBron and the Lakers. So three differences and, and three huge fun games there. Yeah, nice. Get these polls up as well. Get everybody voting. Let's see what the public think of our picks for this week. I promise you, Lakers will always win any poll we put up. There's a lot yeah. of Lakers fans that follow us on the old uh, Twitter, but I don't. Guys, though, aren't they? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's a lot of Clippers as well, though. Actually, which surprised me. So I think the Jazz would be most people's favourite to win that game, but I don't think they'll win our vote just because I'm a Clippers fan. But we'll have to see. Get over on uh, to our Twitter page at underscore Harvard Hoops where. Ben is putting all the work in at the moment. I do very little, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Ben's a pole master in more ways than one. <laughs> see, me, on a... see me in warehouse. Oh yeah, no one knows what warehouse is. It's a real local choice. joke, that isn't it? Very <laughs> that's local. Yes, warehouse is a terrible nightclub with a pole that sometimes they let men on, sometimes they don't. And Ben, when they do allow men on, and when they don't, Ben is a frequent visitor to the pole when we were younger. So oh, yes. there we go. That's that's the story about Ben Jones' pole life. <laughs> <laughs> and on that very Valentine's-related note, Ben on the pole, uh, I think we should end the podcast there, mate. Yeah, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Let's um, bring on Mitchell for the starting line. <laughs> yeah, please, everyone, try and... Uh, try and interact with our polls let us know what you think of our all-star teams we like chatting to you guys on twitter and if you've got any topics or segments you'd like us to discuss maybe we haven't uh, or any teams maybe that you think we're, we're ignoring a little bit just reply to us on twitter dm us we're also happy to respond uh ben loves a loves a twitter shout and i love a twitter argument so we're a perfect team <laughs> but <up>? uh <laughs> thanks again for listening everyone thanks again ben for joining me and we'll be back next week 
uh, with another episode together. And I'll be back with a special guest in the week as well to talk about the Utah Jazz. So enjoy that and we'll speak to you soon.